0: The 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad.
1: Wanted to get to this because I saw this and, uh, you know, I know that you guys like talking music as well. Nothing lasts forever in rock and roll. That's what they say. And apparently that is doubly true when it comes to staying retired. Um, in fact, one band who took a preemptive approach to ensure they wouldn't break their promise was Motley Crue. You guys remember this? Back in 2014, during a press conference announcing their last tour, their final tour, they signed a legally binding cessation of touring agreement. Well, guess what? In 2014, Motley Crue announced their final tour, putting an end to almost 35 years on the road. To make it official, they signed an unprecedented contract. You know I'm a dreamer. In the years since, Motley Crue became more popular than ever and gained an entirely new legion of fans, who, along with diehard crew heads, demanded the band tear up that stupid contract and come out of retirement. They knew that if they were ever to stand on stage together again, that contract would have to be destroyed. Well, destruction has never been an issue for Motley Crue. That, that agreement on a table in an office was blown up. They literally blew up the contract and had announced that they're hitting the road with Def Leppard and Poison for a stadium tour next year. It's a, just another band that has come out of retirement uh, for their fans, for their money, whatever it is. Eric Elper is a Sirius XM radio host, publicist and music commentator. Hey, Eric, welcome back to the show. You know,
0: I have to say, just right at the offset, if we can't trust Motley Crue at its word, well, then who can we (laughs) trust in today's world? (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I have
1: to. Let me just say this off the top to you. Um. This might be my dream lineup, to be honest (gasps) with you. Like, I, I, you know, from from my glam rock days, like when you're looking, like thinking about the 80s and the 90s, you know, high school and college. I mean, Motley Crue, Poison, Def Leppard. I I mean, to this day, I can't get enough of Poison. And and maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's a really bad thing. But here we go. They're doing this again. It's a, what I'm going to say, a great lineup, kind of, whatever. Yeah, it is okay. But, I call them retirement fakers, and this ticks me off, Eric. It ticks me off because people say, you know, all of these bands come through. I don't care who it is. Maybe it's Molly Crew, maybe it's Ozzy, whoever whoever it's been. And and you buy these tickets thinking that you're a part of a of a you know a, a moment in history, music history, and then nah, no, it's just another concert.
0: That bugs me. Yeah, you. you. You've got every reason, I think, to be angry at no matter who says stuff like that in order to get your hard-earned dollars um, to make it seem like this is going to be the last time that you're going to see them. Elton John just announced another leg of his final tour, including two more shows in Toronto. That would make six since he announced his retirement. And in fact, in the last three weeks alone... We've seen uh, bands reform that would never, and I'm talking management record labels, people that would never say that they would get back together again. My Chemical Romance, Rage Against the Machine, and The Black Crows, which, you know, those were pretty heavy-duty arguments. And, of course, now you've got today not only Motley Crue reforming, but Michael (laughs) McDonald is back with the Doobie Brothers, these are people that wouldn't even be in the same room unless that there were police and lawyers <laughs> on either side of them blocking it from one another.
1: And it, and you know what? Because they what they originally split up what nineteen eighty two the Doobies and this is would be their fiftieth anniversary. He's like, yeah, I'll go out on tour for them. You know, and I I just to me it, it's. <sighs> I don't believe necessarily that they're doing it for the for their fans. I believe that they're doing it for their money or they need to have their ego stroked a little bit. Hey, what do you think it is,
0: Eric? I think they're bored and their wives are kicking them out of the house. <laughs> um, I, I really do. I think there is something to be said for lifelong musicians who at around 8 o'clock at night become unbearable to be around. And I've been around enough of them. It was a joke when the Rolling Stones hit 50 years old and Mick Jagger would say that he's not going to be singing Satisfaction when he's 40. And they kind of extended what we would all believe a rock and roll band should be past this so-called due date. Nobody was playing in a rock and roll band past their 50s. In fact, only the blues artists of like B.B. King or Mm -hmm. Buddy Guy only those artists would get a free pass. And now, thanks to the Stones, it seems like you've got the Almond Brothers, you have Sticks, Journey. Sometimes you don't even need an original member except for the drummer in the case of the Guess Who, for instance. But I think as long as the fans keep honing up those dollars and, you know, for Motley Crew and... Up leopard and Poison, it's going to be at least $250, $300 for an average seat of the show. As long as they keep ponying up the money, they're going to still be reforming.
1: Yeah, they're just going to keep on doing it. I mean, you talked about the Rolling Stones. I have a friend of mine, uh, Donovan, here in town. He's a huge Rolling Stones fan. He travels the world to see the Stones. I think he's like on 30 or 35 concerts, something like that. And when I ask people who have gone to see the Stones, even in the past couple of years, they say, no, they're still putting on a really, really great show. You know, I was listening to Def Leppard. I think it was on the induction into the Music Hall of Fame and and maybe lead singer guy isn't, uh, you know, hitting all the notes. But still, they're putting on a, a fairly good show. And I guess as long as that's happening and they're meeting the, you know, the, the needs of their fans, and you know, why, why wouldn't they keep going out and, and, and touring? But... But boy, oh boy, I guess it's just the final one. I just It really bugs me when they say it's a final, it's a farewell tour, and next thing you know, there's three of them. It just, it really does.
0: Yeah, and and you know, everybody is always day-to-day. It's funny whenever I watch something on sports and they say that this baseball player is day-to-day, and I'm thinking, aren't we all? <laughs> you know, uh, we, we're all day-to-day. And the ability for these bands to, and artists to continue to tour um, is something that I think we're going to take for granted. You know, when somebody like um, a David Bowie or Prince mm-hmm. or Tom Petty unexpectedly passes away, there's there's always people who will come up to me or write me on social media and say, I wish I would have saw them when I had the opportunity. Um, I don't think that that's the case anymore. I think now we have ample opportunities to see these bands, thanks to not only websites selling tickets maybe not necessarily always on the secondary market but you know you now have access to artists that are in your own backyard as well as getting tickets if you want to see them in Italy at the same click of a button so I think that that's changing the way that that fans see their their favorite bands as well and I, I think it's okay you know I think all these bands know that there's a whole generation that are coming up the Ariana Grande, the Shawn Mendes, the um, Lady Gagas of the world um, that are going to dominate the music scene and the ticket dollar um, in the next five or ten years. So they better get the stuff on the table while they can.
1: What did uh, that movie Dirt do for Motley Crue? They talked about it, uh, you know, it came out and it opened up the eyes of a, a new generation. Did that movie do that much for Motley Crue? yeah
0: yeah yeah i think so um i i think with you know thanks to things like spotify and music streaming services it's really easy um or easier for the next generation of music lovers that are eight years old to 15 16 years old to have just as easier access to a billy eilish song as the motley crew song and i think as the way that the walkman revolutionized music by bringing music into a handheld device and having us listen to whatever we want, whenever we wanted um, through our headphones, the iPod did the same thing. And I think music streaming services are as well. That If you can't hear it on the radio, then that's okay. You can just follow along on music streaming. And that's where we're seeing a lot of these classic rock artists like Queen or the Beatles or Led Zeppelin have hundreds and hundreds of millions of streams far more, I think, than anybody had a right to expect for a new generation of bands.
1: Eric Elford joining me this afternoon. Eric, need to take a quick break here. When we come back, Billboard has named the 100 Greatest Albums of the Decade because, yeah, we are wrapping up the decade here. Let's talk about that and some Grammy nominations, all right?
0: For sure. Excellent. uh, I'll stay tuned.
1: Okay, hold the line. It's Eric Elford joining me. Uh, You might be surprised what album was named number one of the 100 Greatest Albums of the Decade, I sure was. CBG picking one of my favorite tunes. Thanks for that. It's 2:48. We're talking with Eric Alper. Mentioned off the uh, the top of this segment that Molly Crew, back in 2014 during a press a press conference, announced their last tour and signed a legally binding cessation of touring agreement. Today they blew that agreement up and announced that they are going back on tour. Uh, they're going to go on tour with Poison and Def Leppard. Some of the texts coming in this afternoon uh, about it, uh, saying musicians generally get better as they get older, not vocalists necessarily, but instrumentalists never stop. Learning. And I would agree with you on that one. And a a number of people saying, you know what, I'm I'm so thankful that I paid the money to go see the Tragically Hips farewell tour, because that truly was a farewell tour. Eric Elper joining me this afternoon. Eric, um, the Billboard names the 100 greatest albums of the decade. Kanye West, my beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy, comes in at number one.
0: Surprise or not? Um. Not really. I think with the amount of of, uh, lists that have come up in the media in the last number of weeks for the best albums of the decade, it's really been either this Kanye West album, Beyonce's Lemonade, which actually lands at number two, Frank Ocean's Channel Orange lands at number three, and my actually personal pick, Kendrick Lamar's To Pimp a Butterfly, comes in at number five. I mean, I think it's easy to look at somebody like a Kanye West as a cartoon character Mm -hmm. that's not in our planet anymore. And I can see why. His his reputation is out there, the thing that he says, the thing that he does. But you got to go back to before this album came out in 2010 when he stormed the stage at the MTV Awards, offered his opinion that, Taylor Swift should not have won for video of the year. It should have been Beyonce. He had a self-imposed exile in Hawaii and decided to call up a few of his friends to record a brand new album in secrecy. Hmm. Well, when your friends are Elton John, Brianna, Fergie, John Legend, yeah. Drake, Jay-Z, and dozens of others, they actually put this album together really it's kind of like, you do this, you do this, you do this, and then Kanye West will put it all together. And that's what kind of an album it is. It's still a brilliant, brilliant record and definitely worth a listen just to remind yourself how we got to the madness that is a yeah. Kanye West.
1: Yeah, rounding out that list is Casey Musgraves at 6, Rihanna Anti at 7, Ariana Grande, thank you, next at 8, Robin Body Talk at 9, and Adele 21, which is still a brilliant
0: album as well. Who is Robin, Eric? Um, Robin is a Swedish pop singer that absolutely knows her way around a pop song. Um, if people are thinking that there's no great pop music out there these days, check out Robin. She's kind of in the same vein as a Carly Rae Jepsen. The only thing is is uh, Robin has 13 brilliant songs on it, <laughs> and Carly Rae Jepsen has 12, and then one maybe throwaway track. But um, just a brilliant, fun Pop singer, I'm sure people who work out and listen to pop music know exactly who Robin is.
1: Before I let you go was on this list and again, this list was chosen and put together by billboard staffers, so people who work there. Um, was there one on here that you thought might be a little bit higher? I'm looking at a couple of here and thinking that you know personally Chris Stapleton's traveler album could have been higher than 95. but do you think that there's some that might should have been a little bit higher and and, and, and or on the list that's not?
0: Um, Not necessarily one that should be higher, but I think in going through the list, when you see Ariana Grande, Thank You, Next at number eight, and even Taylor Swift's Red uh, coming in at number four, brilliant tracks on each of these albums. The problem becomes is how do you reflect a concept album like Kendrick Lamar's To Pimp a Butterfly or Beyonce's Lemonade, which is True and true, an album as we know it, as opposed to say Taylor Swift or Ariana Grande, which has twelve songs on it and nine of them happen to be Billboard Top Ten because yeah. of the way that streaming services are working toward the chart. So you know, it's just mostly a collection of songs. So that's my only kind of criticism with these lists is like you end up with an album full of hits, uh, kind of mixing and matching with real great albums from start to finish.
1: Uh, before I let you go, you wanted to talk. Some uh, Grammy nominations have been leaked.
0: Yeah, this is this is real interesting. It uh, turns out that if you go to Grammy dot org, you will start to see different numbers of total nominations in people's careers that changed overnight. Oh. So you have you know artists like Ariana Grande. Yesterday had six total nominations to her career. You look on it right now, it said that she has eleven.
1: Okay.
0: Taylor Swift had thirty five yesterday. She she now she had thirty five today. She had thirty two before. Lady Gaga went from 24 to 27. Hmm. This isn't a leak. I think this is a mistake (laughs) that the Grammy.org people might have done. So we actually might have information on who's going to get the Grammy Award nominations a little bit earlier than tomorrow, as expected.
1: Eric Elper, always great to talk with you. Thanks for joining me. I
0: appreciate it. No problem. Thanks so much. And save your money for the Beatles reunion tour. Yeah. I believe it's going to happen.
1: Yeah, okay. Thanks for that. Take it easy, Eric. Great to talk to you again. That top 10 list of the uh, Billboard uh, magazine naming the 100 greatest albums of the decade. Um, yeah. Countdown is on to the end of the decade. In 10th spot, Adele with uh, the album 21. Robin, Body Talk. in number eight, Ariana Grande. Thank you, next. Number seven, Rihanna, Anti. Number six, Casey Musgraves with Golden Hour, Kendrick Lamar to Pimp a Butterfly, and that's the one that Erica was was a big fan of. Uh, Number four, Taylor Swift with Red. Number three, Frank Ocean Channel Orange. Number two, Beyonce Lemonade. And number one, Kanye West, My Beautiful, Dark, Twisted Fantasy.